Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? Oh, Amy. I didn't even know. I, I thought about I don't know how to before. start. I don't either. I thought about this before recording. I was like, I, how's it going? Seems like such a ridiculous question to ask. Let me tell you how it's going, Amy. But, but that's... Um, that's the way this starts. Here we are. So here here we are. Yeah. Um, this show's gonna feel a little different, probably, because yeah. it's been quite it's been quite a week and That's quite an end something. of the week. Yes. Like the first half of the week was pretty normal. We actually had a big story early in the week yeah. that big story would would be the top story, except it's not. So um I think sorry, Nam. I think it's safe to say that. If you're listening to a podcast about the SBC, you already know what uh, has been happening. It's made national news everywhere. And so we're going to talk about it. Yes. Go ahead and let's go ahead and jump in. Like I said, things may be a little bit yeah. different this week, but we'll we'll walk through it together. Yes. So before right. we get to the news, Amy, we do want to thank our sponsors because this coming Friday, The Hill starring Dennis Quaid comes to theaters. So this week, The Hill you can see it in theaters. It is the true life story of professional baseball player Ricky Hill. Growing up poor in small town Texas, young Ricky discovers his extraordinary ability for hitting a baseball, but with leg braces and a degenerative spinal disease, the major leagues were just a dream that could never be. Courageously, he risks it all, defying his father's wish to follow in his footsteps to become a pastor. Ricky tries out for a major league scout and pushes hard to overcome his disability. He goes on to become a baseball phenomenon. The Hill, starring Dennis Quaid, Colin Ford, and Scott Glenn, is a true inspirational story about family, faith, and a baseball miracle. Don't miss The Hill, rated PG in theaters everywhere, Friday, August 25th. You can get your tickets now. Looking forward to that next weekend. So, going to yeah. take the boys to see that. that. That's my plan for next weekend. Going to take the boys to see that. Ethan's last weekend in town before he goes to college. Oh, very cool. Well, speaking of that, I had some big news in my house this week yeah, that I've been been house. talking about. It is, yeah, the house is empty today and been a little weird. So uh, we took, we moved Mary back in over at the college at Southeastern. So at least she's right there. I How, can, many, trips? I mean, How it, many trips, Amy, did that take? It only took one trip over to the dorm, but we used four cars. So four so. trips. Right. <laughs> so. And then you went to Greenville. Right. Went to and Greenville how many cars on did that take? Um, it filled up about half of Drew's Jeep. And that was it. there you have it, folks. There you have it. The difference between boys and girls moving into college. It also took us all day to get Mary moved back in, and it took like an hour and a half to get Drew unpacked. But yeah, we dropped him off at East Carolina on Wednesday, and our house is pretty quiet right now. All so. right. Well, Amy, on to the news. I'm going to let you handle this since okay. that's how we do it on the podcast usually. So Thursday morning, I woke up and went to work and everything changed. That's right. So uh, I, I want to mix this up a little bit. I've You're giving me some freedom to, uh, to kind of run this this week. But obviously, our top story is that Willie McLaurin, um, who was the interim president and CEO of the executive committee, resigned on August 17th. And he, he also is is no longer being considered for the next CEO, which that had been reported before, uh, after admitting to falsifying educational credentials on his resume. Um, so this was a big, 
big bombshell this week for everyone. That's our top story. But I think we need to sort of walk through that a little bit more and process that and kind of talk about what's next on that. So I'm going to put you on the spot and say, let's run our other stories first. Let's walk through those and then let's kind of get to the big conversation. Okay. So we have some news from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary where they opened up a space for police department recruitment events. So uh, I've been down on the campus of New Orleans. They're in the FRED. The, uh, the student yeah. center there, the Luter Student Center. And I've also, at one point, met Michelle Woodfork. I was eating with Jamie Dew one day and met the interim superintendent of the New Orleans Police Department, Michelle Woodfork. And he introduced us and everything. And now, hey, they're partnering with the campus and the city. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's really, really neat. Basically, it was I mean, it was to, to open up student enlistment in helping local law enforcement personnel. And I, I love this because, you know, there's been some some public discussion about crime around the New Orleans campus. They've had to address that. And this is a great step that's being made to really say, how can we partner with the police department to help with the safety of our city? And uh, we want to actually be a part of the solution. So really, really cool. Looks like they, it's, it's said that the NOPD is down to 900 officers, which puts them on track to be at the lowest since 1947 at the end of this year. Um, so they need they need more. So they had it was a two day event applications for officer and non officer positions. And uh, I, I think that's it's really cool. Michelle Woodfork that you mentioned, there's a quote in this Baptist Press story that said uh, that Jamie Dew is probably one of the most sincere people I've ever met in my life. And man, I would echo that. So she is she is not wrong. Yep. Uh, but this is cool. Yeah, great event there on the campus of New Orleans. And you mentioned earlier we have a story, a big story that would have been our lead story this week. A federal judge in Mississippi has dismissed the Will McCraney lawsuit against the North American Mission Board. Yeah, this was the one that we said I would have guessed early in the week would be kind of our top story. Oh, yeah. Just this because this has yeah, because this has just been a story we have followed for a long time. And uh, th- I mean, actually, this situation goes back to when we started the podcast. Um, there yeah. was a uh, in 2015 was the termination of Will McCraney from uh, the Baptist Convention in Maryland, Delaware. And that's what this case has been about. So uh, they had charged that 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 termination was influenced by statements which fit fit uh, the category of defamation. The case was dismissed. It was summary judgment on the basis of the First Amendment. So the, the U.S. District Court in northern Mississippi said the ecclesiastical abstention doctrine uh, is rooted in the First Amendment's free exercise clause. And it basically states that courts cannot get involved if a claim revolves around ecclesiastical questions. Uh, so, of course, as you would expect, Nam said, we welcome the news. Um, and obviously, Will McCraney says, uh, it's my view that this is not not correct. But this is this is where, where it is right now. Yeah. Um, now, I think there are 30 days uh, if... Will McCraney wants to appeal the ruling to the Fifth Circuit. So we'll know in the next month if this is going to stay or if it's going to keep going. Um, but it is a big, it's a big announcement. Yes, it is a huge announcement. So I checked back, Amy, episode five of this podcast. We are on episode 445. Episode wow. five was when we covered McCraney resigning from the yeah. BCMD. So, yeah. So that's been going now. We're in our ninth year. Yeah. You know, I was uh, my dad 
at in the athletic association that in Tennessee was in a, a case that lasted, I think, 11 years, maybe wow. something like that. Man. Yep. Well, here we are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like you said, we'll wait and see if there's an appeal filed in that case. And a couple of congratulatory uh, shout outs here on the podcast before we get into the, the bigger news that we talked about earlier. A Southern Baptist has been named the VFW National Chaplain of the Year. Manuel Don Beadog Jr. was named the Chaplain of the Year by the Veterans of Foreign Wars, the VFW, during a July 20 ceremony in Poway, California. So congratulations to him on that. And then also, Amy, good friend of the pod, Edgar Aponte, yeah. has been named the pastor at Idlewild Baptist Church in Lutz, Florida. Or this Lutz. Is, is it Lutz awesome. or Lutz? I don't know. Of Idlewild Baptist Church <laughs> in the Tampa area. There you go. <laughs> Man, this is exciting. Edgar Aponte, we've been friends with him for a long time. He used to be at Southeastern Seminary, and we just love spending time with him and his family. Um, but he's been at Isle of Wild since, um, he's been at Isle of Wild for a while, for, for several years, and was the global missions pastor. So four years, actually, is how, how long he'd been there. Um, he oversaw missions initiatives at the campuses um, at the Springs and Iglesia Bautista Idlewild. Um, he had also, he had left Southeastern and gone to be the vice president of mobilization yeah. at the IMB. Mm-hmm. And then he went, went there. So man, uh, he is just great. I'm excited. I, I think he's got incredible gifts. I mean, just um, amazing leadership gifts. I just want to give a, a, a word of wisdom. Okay. Amy's words of wisdom. For all the people at Idlewild, all the listeners who are at Idlewild or in the Tampa area, if you ever are offered anything that Sarah Aponte has cooked or baked or anything, the answer is always yes. I knew this. Always I was yes. gonna, that was going to be my question, as I wonder if like she, her cooking got him the job, you know? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> she is one of the most talented people I've known. I mean, it just just unbelievable. Um, it's so funny. There was one event I will never forget. There was an event that she had made some little tres leches in a jar. Uh-oh. And there was already dessert at the event. So I took it back to my office that afternoon and put it in the refrigerator. And that night, I and the kids are like in you know middle school or whatever at the time. Then I'll never forget that night. Keith and I had both. We were both in a season where we were trying to cut down on like working at home in the evenings. And I looked and I said, Keith, um, I've got to go back to the office. And he just gave me that look like, what? No, you're Why? not going back to work. Right. You're like, no, I'm and going then back. I said, <laughs> and, I, and then I said, um, Sarah Aponte made some tres leches in a jar and I left it in the refrigerator. And without missing a beat, he he turned Grabs up the stairs keys. and said, and he said, kids, we'll be right back. We got to go to mom's <laughs> office. And we did. And we did not share the trace lead chase. We split it with each other. We did not share it with the kids. Didn't even tell them about it. Um, so, Mary, if you're listening, sorry. Sat there in the moonlight um, outside of Staley Hall. Yeah. So, trace lead chase. Uh, anyway. It's a date and, night but, at Southeastern right there. Right, let me tell you. Sarah, I mean, my goodness, Sarah, Sarah's incredibly talented in, in her own right uh, in a number of, of areas. And so they're just a great, great, they're great friends. And I'm excited for them. Yeah. So just so you know, folks. If there's one weakness that Amy has, it's Trace Leches. My goodness. Okay, Amy. Here we go. Back to the top story. This dropped on Thursday. It came out of the search process. If you remember after uh, the, the annual meeting, after what happened with Jared Wellman in May, the new search committee 
had uh, announced that they would be looking at Willie McLaurin. And so they were walking through that, that he was active in the process. In that process, um, they were just confirming, uh, doing vetting and due diligence, confirming all of uh, the, the things that were in the application. And in that process, they realized and learned that Willie McLaurin did not graduate from the institutions that he had listed. Um, he did admit to this. And when he admitted to it, so the Baptist Press story shares that the search committee turned this over to the EC officers, because at that point, it's more than just a search issue. It's a personnel issue. And so when uh, when he was uh, confronted with that, he admitted, and then he tendered his resignation. That happened on Thursday, and it was it was really earth-shaking. I mean, this has made national news. It has hit lots of, of outlets. And it has also been sort of the talk around the Southern Baptist Convention. We need to sort of walk through like how that feels, like how that feels to sort of to everyone. And then uh, we need to look at what has happened next and then what's coming. First of all, I think this hits on a personal level. It hits for us on a personal level. It hits for the staff on a personal level. um, And it hits for people who have worked with Willie. Um, I don't know about you, Jonathan, but, you know, we know Willie. We worked with him. We weren't uh, we we weren't necessarily involved in the initial hiring process when he came on as a VP, but we were updated about it as he was coming. Uh, we got the chance to to meet him to build excitement, and then we were. I mean, for me, it was a year and a half because uh, he came in December, I think, of 2019, and then um, I left in June of 2021. So all through COVID, you know, yeah. a lot very regular meetings and interactions. Um, he was our friend. Uh, he is our friend. He was very kind to us. And so this was hard. Yeah. Like, I mean, my my reaction to this has been all over the place. Um, I've been bewildered. I've been, you know, confused. I've kind of rethought lots of conversations. Um, it's hard to process that someone, you know, and you worked with was being untruthful. It's also hard to process that, you know, someone that's a friend is now walking with the consequences of this. And those consequences yeah. are necessary, but also, I mean, we care deeply and that doesn't change. And, and Amy, I'd also say that it's it's hard to know that the organization you're working for missed it, you know, on the yeah. front end. Yeah. So these are questions that kind of pop in your mind and you just roll a lot of those things around um, personally. You know, you you rethink conversations, you rethink uh, so so many things. You know, Willie and I bonded a lot over the fact that he's from North Carolina and I live in North Carolina. So we had a lot of connections um, to that. But uh, so there's this, just a personal um, shock and grief and confusion that that pops in. And I think that probably all the staff and former staff have experienced some level of that. You You just start to ask lots of questions in your mind. But also, I think we have to process the fact that we are in a cooperative system that is facing kind of one more big bombshell of uh, integrity issues. That's serious. We have to take that seriously. And I think we have to be honest and recognize that, you know, scandal is not new to Southern Baptist life. As much as we don't want to talk about that, we we hear a lot of people say, we want to talk about good news. We want to talk about good things. But scandal is not new to us. We have a long history of of institutional level things. I mean, we have to be honest about our own history. 
uh, that it started with all of our leaders defending slavery, owning slaves, mistreating slaves. They were living an alternate reality that denied the Imago Dei and their fellow human beings. This isn't the first or even the things we've dealt with the last few years is not the first massive scandal surrounding a person. A hundred years ago, or almost a hundred years ago, uh, Clinton Carnes, which is a name that most people are not going to know, but if you were around in 1928, you knew. This was the treasurer of the Home Mission Board who embezzled $900,000, which would be the equivalent of about $16 million today. I mean, it was a massive, massive uh, hit to the cooperative system, and uh, and that was huge. Um, We have processed the abuse response over the last several decades. We now know that people at multiple levels were seeking first to protect the reputation of leaders, churches, and institutions before they would care for survivors of sexual abuse. These are deep integrity problems. And when they happen over and over with people who receive tremendous access and responsibility, we have to start searching our own hearts about this, I think. Uh, We have to ask why this keeps happening. I think, though, we also have to understand that one reason we hear about these things now, I believe, is that the Lord will not let things stay in the dark. We have to be open to that. I want to just, can I say one more thing, Jonathan? Yeah. You can, you can let me keep going. Uh, well, um, I mean, I don't really have a choice. So You don't have a choice. That's right. now. When I reflect on, not just this week, but on everything, um, I was thinking about this this morning. We're, we're recording this on Saturday as everyone was gracious to let us be a day late. A little busy yesterday, folks. That's right. Just, just That's right. One of the things I keep seeing, and I've said, uh, is this phrase that the headquarters of the SBC is the local church. And that's true. The way our convention is structured, on paper, our system is grassroots. That's absolutely the way it works. But when our cultural behavior is setting up almost a counter system that is turning people into heroes and turning positions of service into positions of power, as much as we want them to be, So we want to start, I mean, this is, this is a big message that many of our leaders have. Um, But we also have a culture that elevates and we often will turn everything upside down. We make way for ladders of success. And I think we have to think through that. We have to think about how we look at these positions and what that does to our culture. What, and what that does, what that leads us to do to succeed in our culture that's been a lot of soul searching that I've been having lately. Having gone through all of that, let's talk about what's next for you. As you now know, I'm going to take you to task every time I think. Wait a minute now. Yeah. I get enough yeah. of that online. Come on now. Yeah. Um, but what's next now is that since there was since the interim CEO and president resigned, there has to be another one. And that is, well, it's it's to you, Jonathan. So that was the big announcement on Friday that you will serve as the next interim EC president and CEO. So let's walk through this. Okay. Um, the executive committee bylaws require that the executive committee officers appoint the interim from an existing vice president. So what it what it gives them the power to do is that pending full board approval. So the full board can determine what they want to do in the time when they meet. But when something like this happens, 
be, you know, before the board is able to meet, then the officers have the authority to t- to look at the existing vice presidents and appoint someone because you got to keep things going. The executive committee staff basically is tasked with keeping everything happening with the cooperative program, uh, getting, you know, intake and outtake for, for the annual meeting to be planned, all of those things. And someone has to lead that. Um, and so they go to the existing vice presidents. And Jonathan, that was you. Yes. So- so here we are. So yesterday, so yesterday on Friday, um, August 18th, it was announced that you would take that role as interim president. Um, and it was also announced that the executive committee uh, search committee will resume their search and are receiving resumes. Um, you know, they've seen that process through. They said they were going to do that process first to finish out. Uh, with Willie McLaurin, and then they would see what was next. Uh, so they are going to go back to square one. Um, the uh, the they are receiving resumes until September thirtieth. Resumes can be emailed to ecpresidentsearch at sbc.net. And Neil Hughes has asked Southern Baptist to pray. This has been a long. I mean, now we're we're about to be at two years uh, since the EC. Yeah last had a a permanent yeah. you know president or a you know yeah i think like october 15th somewhere in that range october that's right 14th that's right yeah that's right so from now until the ec meeting in september you are the official interim president of the ec that's correct uh, so jonathan what does that look like for you over the next four weeks what what that looks like for me over the next few weeks is we're just trying to get to september in the call with the officers yesterday and, and talking with the staff it's like look we have the ec meeting in September, we need to get to the EC meeting. That's the goal right now. There's, I, I don't care about September 20th. We're just trying to get to September 9th, 18th and 19th right now. So that that's, that's right. tunnel vision, September 18th, 19th. Get everything to that because there's a lot of business got to be done there. We have financial reports, we have budget updates, we have different things like that. We have some pieces of business that the committees of the EC will be dealing with. And they're also, you know, they'll be dealing with the, the interim situation at that too. So right. we just need to get to September. That's, that's the tunnel vision right now. Blinders on. Everybody focused on right. getting to that. And then once we get to that, then we can take the next step, um, which is state convention season and get yeah. through the end of the year, you know, and then, you know, as we look at it, moving forward, we have another meeting for the EC in February. That's the next step. And then the next one, Indy in June. Yep. So, you know, you've got like these four stages that we're looking at right now. And right now it's just focused on stage one only. Uh, obviously there's work to be done on other things down the road, but right now the focus is we get to September. That's right. That's right. Uh, so what does that mean that you do not get to do? I, I don't get to do the podcast like I like to do a lot. That's that's one of the downsides, Amy, is that that's right. this podcast will probably be different for a little while because I've yeah. got way more to do right. and I can't be doing this and that. So I, I've, that's right. I've got it to, to do some things. You have to not do other things. And that's right. Unfortunately, the podcast is going to be one of those. Well, we're going to figure out what that looks like this week. We did the normal, I say normal, this is not a very normal podcast at all for us, but not a bit, but we, we have the, you know, the regular podcast with you and me in the future. It may be somebody else. It's probably going to be somebody else. Um, just cause time and work commitments that are going to keep me from being able to hang out for an hour with you every week. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, folks, we'll still have something every week on the podcast, yep. but yeah. it'll keep be your different. Subscriptions. So yeah, just keep your subscriptions keep listening because we got, you know, great sponsors. We got the, uh, the Hill coming out next week mm-hmm. and uh Subsplash has come on as a sponsor for us uh, down the road. So uh, a great app platform. If your church is looking to engage its members 
I highly recommend Subsplash. That's a uh, an app platform that we're partnering with for the future. So, you know, it, it, things are just going to be a little different for a little while. You know, it's an interim season. And right. they may look a little different on the backside of that too. But, you know, we're, we're going to take it one day at a time. Right now, That's right. it's get to September the 18th, which happy birthday, dad, by the way, on that day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. My parents' so, anniversary um, as well. My dad's birthday and parents' oh, anniversary. that's nice. That's why that's I didn't, really for, nice. didn't forget it, you know. Makes yeah, it easy. That's fair. That's very smart. Yeah. So I think what we just, you know, we, we appreciate all of our listeners. I mean, just this week, even you and I have had people come oh. to us and say how much they uh, appreciate this because it helps them keep up with things. And what we always wanted, the reason we started this was to help people stay engaged in the process. So we understand that and what whatever we figure out will be an attempt to try to keep people engaged in the process. But we really appreciate everybody's grace and patience because it's it, it, you've got a lot on your plate. Um, and honestly, it's not bad for me. I am resetting things in my household and life and uh, I could, yeah. it, it, a hiatus doesn't, doesn't kill me either. So, uh, well, I get this empty nest. Yeah. Um, and I, I get to move out, my but, kid into college and spend a yeah. week with my wife on an anniversary trip somewhere between all this too. That That's the other part. It's like, oh, timing. Wonderful. So yeah. I'm not canceling that trip because my wife is more important than my job, right? There you go. Can't be the interim if I'm not alive. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Well, um, Jonathan, I think this is one of those moments that I don't know that either one of us ever really Never. expected when Never. we started this out. But here we are. And, you know, we're you're now in this spot because that's where the process leads. You know, you uh, you came on in this role as the VP of communications um, almost four years ago yeah. now. And uh, and then circumstances that we could not have predicted back then uh, several times over have gotten to this place where you need to, you, you have to step in. I mean, I, I'm all about the bylaws and the bylaws say that you need to fill this spot right now. And so we follow the process, Yeah, but there are important things and we know that there are important um, discussions about uh, cooperation in our convention, important discussions about, how you know how we process the constitution and bylaws uh, our credentials committee is going through a lot of 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 things they are are considering the abuse reform implementation task force continues the business of the convention continues and the reality is the headquarters of the SBC is the local church we can do more together than we can do apart that's why people work together uh, but we want to make sure those things are working together for good Honestly, at the end of a week like this, we just sort of step back and recognize um, the Lord doesn't need the Southern Baptist Convention to fulfill his mission. And this won't work if we're all out for ourselves, whether that means each individual's personal ambition or our own dreams for the glory of our institutions. We are nothing um, and Christ is everything. So we want to walk in that Yeah, in the days to come. Um, Well said. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. So um, the usual close here, I'm going to kind of lead out on this. First of all, um, I think we've had enough history for the week. Yes. So we're going to just, we're going to, we're going to let this one kind of stand. I do that every now and then it, it was significant enough. And uh, we have a couple of resources we're just going to have from, from both of us. Cause I think they're, you know, important. One is Guidestone has partnered with church security expert Vaughn Baker 
and Strategos International uh, to offer a comprehensive series of four online training videos free to churches about church safety. This is safety and security. And so there's a, a BP article that uh, talks about this. There's also um, something with, uh, there's also an alliance with Brotherhood Mutual helping churches to secure in, you know, to secure insurance um, for emergencies, things like that. So if you want to look at um, online training resources for safety and security emergencies, um, we're going to put that, that BP story in the show notes. Also, the SBC annual meeting website yeah. has gotten a refresh. Yes. Got the refresh. Got the new logos, new look, new information. Yeah. For Indianapolis 2024. Looks very different. So um, I'm going to miss the purple went, and gold, though. I will say. All right. I'm going to, it, it kind of went from like a, a, you know, it went from the New Orleans look to now NASCAR. Oh, uh, whoa, 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 it, whoa. The people in Indy, oh. will, they will burn you for that, Amy. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. To Indy. It's Indy 500 is yeah, different, right? Yeah, Indy car racing. IndyCar. Yeah, that's open wheel. They, now, they, okay. do, they do have a NASCAR race. And actually, it was last weekend in Indianapolis okay. at the Brickyard. But, but yeah, like it's the home of right. racing and, and not NASCAR. That okay. would be, that'd be Charlotte, Please. where you live. Apolo- well, I don't live in Charlotte, but closer to where I live. Well, um, yeah. Apologies. Apologies to uh, for my misunderstanding there. But uh, it still has a racing flair yes. Oh, yes. as opposed to a Cajun flair. So the, the goal with the annual meeting logos the last few years has been to highlight the city, highlight the, the culture, the flavor of the city. And you know, I think this, this logo does just that because you see it and you go, oh, that's Indianapolis. I, the people from yep. Indy the other day, whenever we had it up on the screens, they walked in and went, yep, that works. I mean, they, they got it right away. So if That's they cool. approve of it, we're good. That's cool. But yeah, check it out. And uh, it, it kind of helps you prep. Um, hotel reservations are opening October 2nd this year. That's that's a change. Normally, it's October 1st, but October well, 1st is on a Sunday. Yeah. And we don't want people sitting on your computer. Yeah, actually, a couple of years ago, we made the change to the first Monday in October and the first February in October. Okay. Because the first we don't Monday want people to have to worry about that on the weekends, especially That's on right. the Lord's That's Day. Good. That's good. There you go. So October 2nd is when hotel reservations will open. And then February 5th is when uh, reg- kids registration and things open. So um, so there's not a lot that you need to do there right now, but go check it out anyway. Yeah. And uh, start making your plans. Yeah, so hotel information will be updated next week. Okay. So just so you know that, I've got that information from Lynn. Got to get that online and um, we'll get that going. And so we'll have the hotel info. The co-convention hotel is the Weston. The convention hotel is the Marriott. So Marriott, Weston, both of those in play next year for the annual meeting. And the cool thing about Indy, uh, you've been to conferences there, you've been to TGC, TGC Women, I know, been to other things, and you've been to the annual meeting in Indy. We've had it there yeah. in the past. All the convention hotels are basically connected via Skywalk. So right. I stayed at the Omni this past week. That was where they put us up. Found a really good rate there. And we were able to walk through the skywalks. I mean, it was a little bit of a, you know, a tunnel kind of thing. But at the same right. time, never had to go outside. If I would have, it would have been glorious because it was about 65 degrees during the day in Indy last week. It was glorious. Uh, our friends in Texas are right now going, what do you mean? Because it's been like 100 and whatever there this week. But right. um, it's it's been really nice to be in Indy. And uh, all the hotels... Skywalk over easy. No shuttles this year, folks. No shuttles. Easy walks. 
because every everything's so close and you can actually take skywalks like you can skywalk to a hotel and then skywalk over to the mall yeah. and then like you can get a lot of places around there without having to cross the street um which is just nice for flow of traffic it's great and uh it is indianapolis impress has impressed me as a city who said we're going to make ourselves an easy convention city and so it is a mm-hmm. great great place for yep. a meeting yep and they're building a brand new hotel that won't be ready for us for next year but will be ready in 2028 when we come back um the hilton signia it's going to be nice and it's going to expand the the capacity of the convention center and everything so really excited about that uh, it's going to be great again make sure to join us in indianapolis in june should be a great time with Southern Baptist, even if Amy's not going to be there again this year. Yeah, I am not going to be there again this year. That's correct. I'm a, I'm on a trip to Israel during wow. that time. Wow. I don't even I'll know you anymore, I'll, Whitfield. I'll, I'll stay connected online. Uh-huh. It happens. There are ebbs and flows in people's lives that they are unable to attend. Um, we will continue to send our full slate of messengers from the Summit Church. But yeah, it'll be a little bit. A little, little bit, little bit of a break in my convention season. Yeah. All right. Life. So anyway, sbcannualmeeting.net. Hotel information will be updated next week. Have that online and check it out. And again, at least for the time being, it's been, I love this podcast. It's one of the highlights of my week doing that with you, Amy. Uh, I don't know when we'll be back to kind of quote unquote normal. Uh, there may be a new normal. Who knows in the future. So um, Amy, I, I won't see you next week, but folks... Thanks for tuning in. All right.